This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. It's Friday, October 20th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, let's get into uh, looking at uh, another position of need for the Guardians this offseason, a position where they're uh, certainly going to try and uh, upgrade the lineup and, and address uh, sort of their, their need for more power and more offense production, and that's uh, right field. Uh, actually, even a corner outfield position, because there's a possibility of, of even if you get somebody who's traditionally more of a left fielder, you could you could move Stephen Kwan if you wanted to. I know that they don't want to move Stephen Kwan defensively uh, unless they they see it as a as something that will help the club. But uh, what they're looking for here uh, in terms of a, a a profile is you know somebody who can hit. Yeah, you know, 25 to maybe 30 home runs in a season and, and give them 100 RBIs. And uh, that, that's the ideal sort of profile here uh, for a, a veteran player, an experienced player. Uh, I don't care if, if he's a, a right fielder or a left fielder. Uh, you get somebody that can do that and, and plug him into this lineup. And that's that's something they desperately need. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on just what the ideal, uh, you know, person profiles as and, and looks like uh, in, in terms of what they could go after um, before we even get into who's who's available out there? Yeah, Joe, I think like uh, like you said, they need a competent, offensive-minded player that is that that, that is going to give them a boost offensively, but isn't going to kill them def- defensively. I mean, they're just like. This 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 past season, they used six different guys in right field. Joe, they 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 combined to hit two thirty seven with ten home runs, forty nine RBIs, with a six two nine OPS. I mean they, you know they were at the bottom of of the American League. There you know there was no production, no no power, no runs. I mean they played pretty good defense, but listen, listen to these guys, Joe. Uh, you've got Arias, 16 starts in, in right field. Uh, Will Brennan, 88. Cole Calhoun, 2. David Fry, 7. Oscar Gonzalez, 27. Um, uh, Laureano, 22 starts in right field. I mean, you know, you can't keep sharing a position like this. It's it's like a revolving door. You would like to find <clears throat> at least a steady guy that's going to play 100 to 120 games in, in right field. Yeah, that, that that makes a lot of sense. And and you went through a couple of uh, of the names on the roster already. Uh, so let's start there with, you know, who they've got right now. And, and you mentioned Will Brennan. Uh, this was a guy who was was sort of given every opportunity to to sort of claim that position and, and, and you know, take a take the, the job and run with it. Uh, what do you think of the job that he did? And did he 
did he prove that he could be an everyday right fielder or did he prove that he's more of a fourth outfielder and a guy that you can mix into the position? Yeah, Joe, I think uh, the jury's still out on him. You know, the one thing they don't want to do, and I think, you know, they've been caught doing this uh, in the last few years, is give up on a young player too soon. Uh, you know, we saw Brennan have a great year at AAA a couple years ago. Now, he didn't hit a lot of he doesn't have a lot of home. He doesn't. He didn't hit a lot of home runs. But you can live with the kind of season he had if he's going. If that's at least you know three fourths of that will, will trans you know transfer to the big league. So I think you know you you like him defensively. You like his arm. Um, you know offensively though, I think uh, you know Chris Antonetti hit the nail on the head in the uh, at the postseason interview. He said we need more production out of center field and right field. Yeah, that, that that run creation and that ability to, you know, drive in runs in, in clutch spots, I think, is is something that, uh, I, I, again, Will Brennan is still a young player and, and he's going to grow into that. I think that they, they recognize that and see that he can be productive, but uh, he's not going to be the guy that, that uh, in, at least in 2024, uh, hits, you know, 20 plus home runs and, and drives in you know, anywhere close to, you know, 80 to, to 90 runs in a, in a season. I, don't, I, I still don't think that that's something that he's, he's capable of this early. Maybe he gets to that point and has a season or two like that somewhere down the line in his career. Uh, but, but right now it, it doesn't seem like he's, he's there. Uh, Oscar Gonzalez, the, the sort of the big question mark uh, of the season. Uh, he was at this point last year and he, you know, sort of had a, a, a major letdown type of a, a season. He never really sort of figured things out uh, at the plate. Uh, you know, what's what's the future hold for Oscar Gonzalez with this organization? You know, Joe, I, I don't know. I, you know, I would not be surprised if he's not in spring training with, with uh, the Guardians in, in February. I, I would not be surprised if, the, if they, you know, drop him or trade him. You know, like they were counting so heavily – on him this season and he just you know I don't think they handled him well in spring training I thought they uh, kind of you know all of a sudden this their the postseason hero you know he kind of got pushed to the back burner and on opening day he wasn't he wasn't even in the starting lineup so I think that hurt that was that was they uh the Guardians usually handle these things well they did not handle Gonzalez well and Gonzalez to me never recovered from that Joe he just he looked so timid to me I mean you tried to talk to him and he his head was in the locker you know he just looked like uh he was defeated to me and I I, I don't know how you uh how a guy bounces back from that does a new uh, a new manager a, a new sort of regime in the you know in the manager's office uh uh maybe help things or, uh, you know, give you the, the chance to, to reconnect with, with Gonzalez this season? Yeah, I think so, Joe. I think that's a good point, uh, you know, because we saw what he could do in 2022. I don't think that was a mirage. Yeah, you know, he was he was a new player. He caught, maybe he caught the league by surprise, you know, opposing pitchers. They adjusted, but you know, he, power is still there. You know, the, uh, the the ability to drive in runs is still there, you know, but he just looked totally unfocused to me. His defense, you know, went in the toilet. I, I just thought he, he did, you know, he didn't, he spent most of the year at AAA and he played like a AAA player when he got up here. Yeah, uh, I, I would agree with that assessment. 
and you know maybe 2024 if he's still on the roster if he survives the the non-tender date uh i think uh you know there's there's a lot to prove and a lot going forward with gonzalez that, that we still have to you know to, to to sort of figure out uh ramon loriano uh still under control uh for the club uh through next season uh if they decide to 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 keep him uh he would be a you know, you would have cost certainty in terms of, you know, what he would what he would uh, get for in his salary arbitration. Uh, possibility that that they keep a guy like a Ramon Laureano on and and that he gets a few starts in right field next season. Yeah. You know, he's a versatile guy. If he makes a club, he's, he's a placeholder, Joe. I mean, he's a placeholder for maybe Valera or somebody, you know, coming up through the system. Uh but, uh, you know, another guy, a veteran guy that kind of came over, you know, in August, you know, I don't know. You know, I, I just, yes, they control him. Yes, they need outfielders. So that's working in his favor. But I don't know how much, to what degree that's working in his favor. And also being a right-handed bat uh, yeah, sort yeah. of helps because he, uh, you know, in a lineup that features so many left-handed hitters, uh, his his ability to maybe uh, bat against uh, left-handed pitching uh, could help uh, help his case as well. But again, he just doesn't I, I don't think he's a guy that necessarily moves the needle for uh, for this this franchise. I, I think, uh, like you said, he, he would he would be the 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 veteran that holds the place for a guy like George Valera. Um, uh, again, we will see Valera. I'm certain of it at some point in, in 2024. I mean, this is a, a guy who had a, a, a rocky season due to injuries and, and also uh, if I if I recall, he got tossed out of a, a minor league game for making contact with an umpire uh, as well. So uh, maybe that kind of uh, fiery attitude, that kind of uh, explosiveness, is something that the the, the club needs. Uh, but but what they need is a guy that can come up and be consistent and, and hit the ball and hit the ball with power and and you know a little bit of exit velocity uh, would be a nice thing to to see out of the right fielder, um, you know, out of that position. Uh, and Valera could, could possibly provide that. Yeah. I mean, sure he could, you know, but yeah, like you said, he's got to stay in one piece that wrist, that handmade bone, you know, usually it's not as troublesome as it, as it proved to be with him. I mean, I think he had two surgeries on his hand for, you know, to remove the handmade bone. He really never recovered. Then he, you know, strained the hamstring. Then I think he got suspended, you know, so he had a rocky season, but the power is there, Joe. We've seen that at AAA. We've seen it, you know, during the, uh, during the pandemic season, you know, when they had the workouts at, at, at progressive field, he showed pop, you know, he, he's, a, he, he's got a great swing so that, you know, and, and I think he's played mostly right field. He's played, he's, he's played all over, but I think right field would probably be an ideal spot for him. Uh, of course, uh, not on the 40 man roster yet, but in the organization and, and certainly looking like he's maybe on a fast track. Uh, with the with his ability to produce uh, last year at at high A and uh, you know moving on to to double A by the end of the season, uh, former first round pick uh, for uh, Chase DeLauder. Uh he's out in the Arizona Fall League right now, uh, mashing with um, uh, Kyle Manzardo. Uh, there's there's a there's always a chance, always a possibility that you know he 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 can you know move up through the the system quickly, but uh, you know, being a college player uh, from James Madison, 
that uh, you know he, he could show up uh, and be part of the plans next season. I think if Chase DeLauder is your right fielder for any significant portion of the season next year, uh, that means you're struggling if you're the Guardians and and you've uh, you've decided to shift philosophies there. But uh, you know DeLauder could be a, a guy that we see. I, I'm certain that he'll open the season at Double A next year. Yeah, but, Joe, I, I would think too. Yeah, because he, he what he played most of the year at, at Lake County, came up to Double uh, A and played. You know, maybe the last month or so. Uh, you know, he's doing well in in Arizona in the Arizona Fall League. And you know, th- th- I would think they're going to be careful with him, Joe, because he's had that injury history with his ankle and stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's a big guy. He's got some pop and. Uh, yeah, I mean, things happen weird, you know. I mean, organizations identify a guy, and they don't necessarily make it, you know, they broadcast it. I remember when Tyler Naquin, all of a sudden, in 2016, he was the opening day center fielder, and there had no, been no indication of that, you know. So, in, in all through spring, tra- I mean, going into spring training. So, you know, you never know with this. But, hey, I would think, you know, they'd want him to play double-A and, and get some time at triple-A as well. Yeah, that's uh, certainly the case. Uh, all right. Those are the, the candidates, uh, you know, already in-house or internal candidates that that, you know, I, I don't know if uh, if upgrading the uh, the lineup or improving the lineup happens. If, if one of those guys is, is playing, uh, I think you have to look outside the organization and, and do something either via trade or uh, via free agency. Uh, we, we know, uh, certainly some of the guys who are going to be available, uh, to play corner outfield positions in, in 2023, 24, uh, could be guys that profile on, on short-term contracts or, uh, guys that you would add, you know, that would demand a little bit more money and, and, and want to be around for multi-year contracts. Uh, let's, let's look at this free agent group a little bit, um, uh, Teoscar Hernandez, a guy that, uh, you know, had been talked about, uh, in, in the past in, in terms of, you know, f- maybe filling a role with Cleveland. Uh, he's 31 years old. He's eligible for the, uh, the, the qualifying offer. Um, what, what do you think about, uh, Teoscar Hernandez, a guy that, you know, he's, he's right-handed hitter, um, uh, you know, s- sort of struggled a little bit towards the end of the season, uh, but this is a guy who who's a, a bat first sort of outfielder uh, that, that you could put out there. Yeah, Joe. So, I mean, Seattle could tag him with the uh, with the qualifying offer. Right. Is that what you're Correct. saying? Yeah. Yeah. So that's and what we said, what we were talking yesterday, that's like over 20 million. Uh, it's like right at 20, 20 million and change. And, uh, you know, obviously, if you signed him, it would cost uh, draft picks. Yeah, so interesting guy. I thought he had a pretty good year at, at AAA. I mean, at 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 Seattle, you know, kind of a bounce back from uh, from getting traded from Toronto. Hit 26 home runs, uh, 93 RBIs, um, 7.41 OPS. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, he's a power hitter. So uh, kind of streaky. Uh, I don't know about the defense, but. You know, but that's a steep price. If if you're gonna if if you know if he's got like a twenty a one year twenty million dollar deal sitting in Seattle, you know, and and you're gonna have to overpay for him for sure, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna probably look for more than just uh, three years, and the most that uh, you know Cleveland's ever given out at, at that <laughs> level is is about three years and, and twenty million uh, with the uh, with Encarnacion. So, 
you, you, that would be again none uh, this is all uh you know sort of shopping with with other people's money here uh, <laughs> obviously uh we don't we don't know what the budget constraints are going to be uh we know that uh Chris Antonetti said that they're you know they're still working on what their budget's going to look like for uh the uh the 2024 season with their payroll so uh, you know we never know um uh, right fielders on this list uh maybe uh an, an adam duvall uh if, if he pops out uh uh you know he'd, he'd been a corner outfielder for um um you know the majority of his time in um you know prior to going to the red sox but you know he played a little bit center field last year Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, and he's always he's always hit for power. An interesting guy, you know. I think he would be a guy if they were if they thought they were contenders, Joe. And I don't know what the, what their mindset is right now, but he would be a guy that you know you could add to the roster. You know, wouldn't have to play every day and and could help you. You know, coming off the bench or you know playing three four days in a row. Uh, yeah, but definitely I like his bat. Um, you know, I just wonder, you know, money. I think I, I wonder where he would fit on this club. Yeah, 35 years old, uh, which yeah, I didn't even realize he was that old. Uh, so uh, you're you're right. He's he's more of the kind of guy that you sign as as like a finishing piece to a roster when when you know you're going to be closer or make a run. Not when you're sort of have the, the the questions that you have with this with this club and this group of guys. Uh, but he does have three 30 plus home run seasons. Uh, under his belt so that's uh that really does profile uh in, in into sort of what they're looking for uh in right field if if he's willing to play there um uh, L- Lourdes Gurdiel uh junior Lourdes Gurriel uh, 30 years old um kind of the same kind of profile uh, as Duval um maybe a little bit more contact maybe a little bit less uh you know pop with the bat but uh definitely a guy who you know, he could play right field and, 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 uh, you know, play every day out there. Yeah. I like him. I, I like him. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, I, I really liked him with, uh, Toronto, right. I think he played mm-hmm. the, most That's of where his... he played his best. Yeah. 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 And, uh, so I think, yeah. And, and he can, I think he can play first base as well. Right. So he's kind of a versatile guy. And, uh, so yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I just don't know, you know, what the question is, do they are they convinced? You know, Brennan can Brennan play? Is he their everyday right fielder, or is he going to be? Can he be an everyday outfielder for them, whether it's in center or right field? You know, and then or do you have to go out and get an additional guy that's you know it's going to get four hundred to five hundred at bats? Yeah, and you've got to find those at bats for him. And if if you do that, uh, that you know you're talking about dipping into. Uh, you know, playing time for, uh, you know, guys like uh, Josh Naylor, who's who's going to be, you know, bouncing back and forth between first base and DH. And, you know, you certainly want to keep him in the lineup as much as possible. Uh, just the finishing up Guriel, you know, he's eligible for the qualifying offer, but I don't think there's any way that 
the the Diamondbacks, uh, you know, extend that to him. But you know, if he's looking to get maybe maybe three or four years at at ten million dollars each uh, plus or, or or more, you know, he's probably in that ten to you know fourteen million dollar range. Uh, you know, that's a that's a possibility there. That's uh, that would be a a big risk for uh, for this organization. That's something to, a little bit out of character for them to to you know wrap up a guy like that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think you're right, Joe. You know, what about a guy like uh, Hunter Renfro? Yeah, I, I I like him. Uh, you know, I think there there have been rumors swirl conversations about a guy like that. Uh, if if he was uh, he's a possibility. He's 32 years old. Uh, he hits for power and 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 plays. Uh, you know, typically has played right field in the past. Um, yeah, I just don't know what his availability is going to be in in terms of is he going to be um, a, a guy who uh, can can play every day can give you uh, the the number of at bats you're looking for out of your right fielder. Well, he played 140 games this past season. Some was at first base, you know, and some was in right field. So, uh, you know, 20 home runs, 60 RBIs, 233 batting average. Um, kind of an interesting guy, and I've always liked him, you know. And I, but you know, the Guardians have had chances to obviously try to get him one way or the mm-hmm. other, and, and they haven't. They haven't gotten him. So yeah, if you think about it, they, they could have claimed him at the uh, on, on the waiver deadline uh, along with the three pitchers that they got, and and they they passed on him. Yeah, and uh, Randall Grichuk, Grichuk, too, right? Yeah. I, yeah, I think they had a chance to, uh, and he's out there as well. So, you know, uh, interesting, you know, I don't know, there's not a big guy that jumps out at you, but, uh, you know, an interesting bunch of, you know, kind of the usual suspects uh, you know, as uh, free agent right fielders and corner outfielders. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, all right, uh, as you um, uh, as we move forward in this offseason, uh, make sure you, you uh, subscribe to our uh, our subscription text service, uh, Subtext. It's the best way to keep track as we get closer to free agency and some of these names uh, actually, uh, you know, being valid, uh, you know, rumors about whether or not they can sign with the Guardians. Uh, uh, the best way to get that is uh, direct to your, your phone messages from uh, Hoinsey and me. Uh, 216-208-4346, send a text message to that number, and uh, you can get signed up that way. It's $3.99 a month uh, to sign up or go to cleveland.com slash subtext uh, for more information there. Uh, Hoinsey, uh, news for, uh, you know, Cleveland and the uh, the Guardians organization, the franchise, uh, former Indians uh, general manager Hank Peters appearing on the uh, the National Baseball Hall of Fame uh, eras committee, um, you know, ballot for the Hall of Fame. He will be one of eight um, candidates uh, that will be considered at the winter meetings uh, at the start of the winter meetings uh, when the the committee meets to vote uh, and and could be a part of the Hall of Fame class of of 2024. Yeah, Joe, he is on the uh, he is you know he was a fine he's a, he made the ballot. <clears throat> the year of committee ballot for managers, executives, and umpires, uh, along with uh, Cito Gaston, David Johnson, Jim Leland, Ed Montague, uh, Lou Pinella, Joe West, and, and Bill White. Uh, you know, I, he, uh, Hank was, uh, when I first, uh, he, he was, I think they, you know, Hank had two runs with uh, with Cleveland. One in the, uh, like, 
you know, Dave Paul hired him as the uh, player personnel director. Then he came back in 1987, and this is where I got to know him as the uh, you know the general manager. Um, and uh, you know, he really um, you know, really kind of laid the foundation for the great teams in the 1990s. You know, he came he came over from Baltimore where he had, you know, won a World Series uh, in uh, 1983, got to the uh, one another pennant in 1979 when they lost to the Pirates, in, I think, in seven games. But he, then he comes over to Cleveland and, uh, you know, convinces Dick Jacobs to uh, really invest heavily in, in the minor league system, in the scouting system, and then, you know, kind of made a big, big deal uh, was behind the deal in 1989 that brought uh, Sandy Alomar and Carlos Baerga into the organization when he traded Joe Carter to San Diego and and really Joe I mean that that's that set the foundation for for the 90s that great run in the 90s when they what won the two world series won five straight AL Central titles and and even and even like he had the kind of a golden touch in the front office when he brought John Hart and Dan O'Dowd from Baltimore mm-hmm. And, you know, they formed that dynamic uh, front office that just, you know, they could they couldn't make a mistake almost. And and while they, they were making trades for Omar Vizquel, you know, they they had Albert Bell was already in the uh, system, but they drafted Tommy. They drafted Manny Ramirez, you know, Rick, uh, Richie Sexton, uh, Brian Giles, Charlie Nagy. You know, they they, uh, they made the deal for Kenny Lofton. Uh, so, you know, that whole thing came together. And, and Hank was uh, really kind of the architect of it. Uh, you know, uh, he's an old-time baseball guy. You know, he reminded me a lot of uh, Phil Seggy and, and Gabe Paul. You know, they were always dressed immaculately. Uh, even even in spring training, Phil Seggy wore wore a tie in spring training. Uh, Joe, he, like his tie, his shoes, and his pipe, they they were all they always matched. If he had oh, a wow. blue, he'd be blue smoking a blue pipe with a blue tie and kind of blue shoes or blue. He was like color coordinated. And Hank Hank was from that school. He was you know kind of soft spoken. He didn't say a whole lot, uh, but uh, you know he. You, you could really get him going. I mean, when you got him, got him one-on-one, he was really good. Uh, he was in a, he would, you know, he did just about everything in baseball, 42 years in baseball. You know, he ran the minor leagues, you know, the, when, uh, you know, when the minor leagues was an independent body, he ran them after leaving Cleveland the first time uh, and really kind of, uh, you know, saved them from uh, really being a lot of teams being contracted, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, kind of re- reinvigorated the minor league system. And then, you know, he moved on. He worked for what? Uh, I think can't, he worked for Charlie Finley. He put, mm-hmm. you know, he helped put those great teams together that won, you know, the three straight uh, World Series as the Oakland A's for, I think, from 72 through 74. Uh, just uh, really a, a great career. And uh, I hope he uh, I hope he gets enough votes in, and gets into Cooperstown. Yeah, certainly a, a worthy candidate, and, and not just saying that because he's connected to, to Cleveland as much as he is. Uh, I want to go back to that trade, uh, that that sort of that linchpin uh, trade uh, that he made uh, when he when he sent Joe Carter uh, to San Diego um, for uh, you know uh, you know the, that whole basically building that whole '90s uh, uh, you know organization or club uh, there. What what was your reaction at the time? Obviously, you were. 
uh, yeah, on the beat for uh, maybe less than a decade or around a, uh, around 10 years at the time or, or whatever. What what was your, uh, you know, immediate reaction when you found out that they were sending Joe Carter uh, to, to San Diego and and what they were getting in return? Yeah, you know, obviously um, that that happened at the winter meetings. Uh, Bob Nightingale was covering the Padres at the time, and uh, we, him and me were talking, and we we had heard that this, you know, was was kind of percolating, and uh, you know, I had heard, all right, uh, you know, we knew Sandy Alomar was in it, um, but we didn't know the other the other infielder. We didn't know that Car that Carlos was in on it, and uh, I asked Nightingale, well, who's the best? Who's the best infielder in in the Padres minor league system? Because I had heard that was who the uh, Indians were after, and uh, he said Carlos Baerga. And so, you know, I I just uh, went with that. And this was before the internet, all that. You know, this was, and uh, so I went with it, and and it proved to be right. You know, because you know, I, and also had uh, uh, Louis Isaac, you know, the old bullpen coach for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. He he was, you know, he's from Puerto Rico, you know, and Carlos and, and Alomar were from Puerto Rico. And this was during, the, you know, obviously in December. And I called Louie and I asked him about these two guys. And he just, you know, about Alomar and Baiga. And all he did was rave. He said he, like it was he couldn't believe that they were getting both these guys. And, you know, Joe had a great run in Cleveland. Uh, but he was ready to, he was, I don't think they wanted to pay him. He was ready for bigger and better things. Uh, and really only lasted what one year, two years in San Diego before going to Toronto. But Jack McKeon, Jack McKeon was running the Padres and he loved Carter. He was going to give up the store to get him. He'd been trying to get him and, uh, you know, he was going to do anything he could to get him. Yeah, and and it certainly uh, was a, a trade that that worked out maybe better in in, in Cleveland's favor in terms of the long run. There, uh, Carter went on to have a you know a great career, obviously in in Toronto, winning a, you know World Series there. Um, but uh, you know what that did for uh, for the the Cleveland organization uh, back then, uh, I don't think you can really sort of measure it in terms of what it meant to to bring in a guy like Sandy Alomar and a guy like. Uh, uh, Carlos Baerga and, and really turn the franchise around, uh, like you said. So yeah, to to have the vision to to be able to 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 strike and 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 get uh, that a prospect like a, a Baerga at the time, and you know what what Alomar was and, and what he went on to become, or you know right away sort of paid off uh, dividends as a as a rookie of the year. Um, uh, just uh, amazing uh, when you see when when you see guys that are, are playing chess instead of checkers, and you see the moves, uh, you know three, four moves ahead. Uh, that's, you know, what, what Hank Peters was able to do. What do you think of the, uh, the rest of the guys on this ballot? Uh, the names that sort of jump out at you, um, uh, Jim Leland, a guy that, uh, that Terry Francona always spoke very highly of, um, Cito Gaston, obviously won multiple world series, uh, a, a guy there who, who could, who could be considered, uh, you know, probably get a few votes. I'm not sure, uh, anybody on that list, you think should be a lock for uh you know a, a spot uh in, in the hall of fame well i really like the managers i like cito you know back-to-back world series first black manager to win to win a world series to you know manage a world series team uh world series winning team um you know uh davy johnson you know managed forever um and i i would think you know i'd like i like hank hank peters cito 
and uh, and Jim Leland. I, I would think, you know, Leland kind of broke Cleveland's heart when uh, he was mm-hmm. the manager of the Marlins in uh, 19, uh, 1997 when they beat him, beat Cleveland. Uh, but, uh, you know, those three guys, I think. But it's, it's an interesting ballot. I don't know. What do you think about Joe West? Do you think he's going to get That's, in? That was going to be the one that I was going to ask you about. I mean, <laughs> Joe West, larger than life, personality is a – as an umpire, uh, I mean, this is maybe the this is the first time he's eligible on this uh, yeah. on this ballot. So, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I I think maybe maybe Joe West has to wait uh, uh, until the next cycle. Uh, now, this is the group that obviously will be the the cycle that comes around every three years now, and and this will be the group that uh, you know T- uh, Terry Francona will be uh, sort of considered under uh, in in twenty twenty six. Uh, for inclusion in the 2027 Hall of Fame uh, vote. So uh, eventually uh, this same group of candidates or the same pool of candidates uh, is going to include Tito and he'll have to to get enough votes, uh, you know, over some of these guys uh, to get in himself. But, uh, you know, maybe in in my mind, I think Joe West has to wait at least one more cycle. I I think uh, first first time eligible, maybe maybe you. uh, you say, uh, you know, maybe next try. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, I, Joe had more, as many friends as he had enemies too. So I don't know, <laughs> you know, so I don't know what happens on the uh, the who, who they haven't put together the sixteen uh, the sixteen members the sixteen people that are going to vote for this award yet. So uh, you know, that's it's going to be done on December third in Nashville. I think it's usually the first day of the uh, winter meetings. Uh, so, you know, we'll find out. It's it's just around the corner. It should be exciting. Should be fun. All right, Hoynes, that's going to wrap up this week on the uh, Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll uh, check in with you Monday uh, here on Cleveland.com. All right, Joe. 